South office, which is my office, uh -huh. and I have here an amazing, phenomenal speaker, a life coach, and also business coach, John Cover. Do you want to tell more about yourself, John? I think you've said it. <laughs> I mean, what, what a beautiful office this is. It's, it's a stunning place, beautiful location. Bawtree is incredible. Thank you. So, you know, beautiful. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that you've kind of said it, really. Life coach, business coach. I, I just help people to find out what it is that they want. And I've kind of dubbed it as a, a success coach, really. So we find out, you know, what do you want in your life? What success do you want to bring in your life? What success do you want to bring into your business? And we'll put them together because they've got a lot of crossovers. And if you're unhappy in your life, you can guarantee that's going to affect you in your career or your business somewhere. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it's helping people really identify what it is that they want. I like that. You see, the theme of my podcast is uh, get inspired and motivated. But before we go into that open, I'm really curious about people as personalities. Because uh -huh. all of us, we do what we do, and very often people say, who you are, what do you do? But it doesn't tell what the personality is like. Sure. So if I will ask you, who is the true John? Who is the true what John? What do you like? Uh -huh. What do you like as a human being, as a, as a husband, as a father, as a man? What are you in life? I think that, like... <sighs> Exactly this person, and I think that it's it's something that I've probably maybe worked hard on over the years because I think that it's very easy for you to to dull your shine so that you don't sparkle someone else's you know, like you don't blind them with your brightness, and I think it's very easy for a lot of people to do that. So I, I have tried to make sure that I try and be as real John as possible. Aww. I think that there's a there's a there's a phrase that's been thrown around. Certain, it, certainly in the personal development world for a long, long time, which is fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and, 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 and I get that, you know, maybe, I don't know, if you go back to the 80s mm -hmm. and 70s, maybe. I was not No, well, I was born, yeah, just, <laughs> just. But I, I, I get why that kind of ethos would have kicked off back then, because yes. you had to fake it to a degree to make it. You, know, the, you didn't have social media, you didn't have all these channels. So I understand it. But I think that it's the wrong term. I think people, they don't understand it fully. And I think that the better term is to act as if you are that I person. I love that. Yeah. Act as if. Act as if yes. you are being the, living the lifestyle. And, and so it's not about changing you. It's about becoming more of you. Love that. Yeah. Love that. That's beautiful. So what are your hobbies? What are your likes? What, if you will describe it, okay, this is John. He's phenomenal. But what he likes to do is, I know, sleep till late, uh -huh. being lazy, watch television. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing is sleep. I think sleep's a waste of time. Mm. I, I don't really. I'm, 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 so you don't sleep at all? I, I sleep very little. Okay. Know, like, uh, five hours, five and a half yeah. hours. I think any more than that. And I feel tired. It actually works in reverse. Yeah. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I understand sleep's got a massive... Um, it, it's a, it plays a yeah, <laughs> massive benefit. It's really important to get rest and recover. But I think it's about understanding yourself. Yes. Um, for me, do you know, I, I, I try to exploring lots of different things but my course I, I love the gym I love going I love working out and doing that kind of stuff um hitting the gym I've recently discovered go karting oh my god I love go karting it's incredible <laughs> yeah absolutely just I love it I mean that's a workout in itself yeah really, it it's like, yeah. yeah and you kind of <laughs> feel like you were shaking the last hour that's a, yes, it's an incredible yeah. workout but but stuff like that socializing you know I'm, I'm very communication strong yeah um and so, like getting out, meeting people, spending time with others—it's just, it's just—I love that kind of stuff. I think that it's it's fascinating just listening to people and communicating and and listening to what their thoughts are on things, and not necessarily judging people on that or even trying to correct them on it. Just it's just nice to know other people's thoughts and feelings and, and things like that as well. 
movies, films. I'm a massive film fan, Joe. I should have probably been a film critic. Maybe I was in a different life. Maybe uh, you can. Maybe I can. Maybe yeah, you still can. Well, I, I mean, I had, as from being an early age, from, and I don't know the number, I don't know the age, but from being an early age, one of my passions was to be an actor. Oh, wow. Yeah, always was. And, and I actually always remember um, my, my parents, well, my mum especially, saying, oh, Jonathan, it's a pipe dream. Now, how many people out there have had a, a parent or some authority say to them it's a pipe dream? Do not listen to them under any circumstances, even if it's your mom, because that probably caused me a lot of stoppage. Do you know, it blocked the path for that because I, I, I did drama GCSE. I, I wanted to be an actor. I did a few auditions and it never materialised to anything, so I stopped. I could see because, you as an actor. Yeah. Oh. Well, the, the funny thing is, is like, like oh God, what? Trying to think of years, I, don't, I forget the numbers now, but I didn't do anything in that film sector for such a long time. I left school, got a job, did a few different things. As society, yeah, as a society goes, got married, had a couple of children and stuff, and I never ever even thought about the acting career. And, and then just few few different circumstances, I got an opportunity to get into a film, and so I've been in four films now. There we go. There we go so yeah. you are an actor. So I'm an actor. I've got I've got my own IMDb page. Let's start again. So, welcome to New Life Kickstart. We are here and I'm talking to that Joe Cole, who is not on Life Business Coach and Success Coach altogether. But he's also an also actor. Also an actor with his own IMDb page. Wow. Yeah. How phenomenal is that? Um, wow. So, yeah, and, and I think that what I realise with these acting roles is that it's not as glamorous as you see in all of them. There's a lot of sitting around and doing nothing. Um, yes. But it was fascinating, it was good. I mean, one of the films that we've gone on to do amazing things, it, it sold out in all the, like, the local Tesco stores and Asda and stuff that were sold out. Um, it, it was a big film that had got a lot of people behind it um, and it pushed it really, really well. It went on to win several awards at the Cannes Film Festival. It, it did incredible. And I was in the opening scenes as well, so I had a nice part in that film, which was fantastic. I was a zombie, which is great. But... I think that for me, film has always been a real part of my life. Yeah. You know, like I, I loved it, and whether that was a way that I escaped, I don't, I don't really know why I kind of, mm. in, like, I don't know why I embedded myself into film so much. I just found it so fascinating. Um, and it's been a real part of my life all the way, all the way through, really. So, yeah. I, I never knew. Yeah, most people don't. Most people don't, yeah. It's fascinating. I feel yeah. like I didn't stick your autograph now. Could have had one. <laughs> like, here, yeah, I'll never wash my hands. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. You see, I'm very glad you actually mentioned that because what happened there, you were dreaming about it, but you were taught not to, mm, not to chase, not sure. to go after. Like many of uh, our listeners who actually will be told by somebody else as well, whether it's their parent, maybe their manager, their work, or could be also their partner, yeah. they're told not to chase their dream sure. because of some medical yeah. reason. Exactly. It's a bad dream for your mom. Sure. But was it your mom's reason or was it the true reason? That's a good question. I, I think that parents do a lot of things that is going to ultimately screw people over. Oh, uh, let's not mention this. But, but, <laughs> but, but they do it. Yes. They do the best that they can with what they know, and I think that's the thing that really happens. I think that it's it's usually the innocence that causes a lot of the issues later yeah. in life. And, and an example I often use, and it's not my eyes. I mean, it's, this is not my teaching. It's somewhere else, and I forget where it's from. But I always remember that, like, as a, as a parent, and that child comes home from school and they've got a painting. Now, even if that painting's terrible, what do you what do you often tell that child? You'll say. Amazing. Let's, it's amazing. Let me put it on the fridge so that everyone can see it. 
Well, what we're really doing there is we're saying that we're saying to that child at an early age that the only way you can feel validated in life is if you have something really impressive to show people. Yeah. And that child grows up actually thinking, well, I need the flash car, I need the money, I need the job, I need the status. Oh, yeah. and, and all of a sudden, they're never satisfied. And something as innocent as that parent saying, this is incredible, let's show it, which was done purely because they wanted to show support, yeah. they screwed that child up for a long time in their life. And, and I think that a lot of the time, we all do this without being aware that this is what's actually happening. That's true, but have you thought about the other downside when actually parents look at the picture and says, what that's supposed to be? Yeah. And the child says, it's supposed to be a house. Mum, it's a house. It's a house. Can't you see the house? And you go, that is such a crap painting. Do you think the house looks like that? Of course. And what child feels like that? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think that I'm this, not good enough. Well, this is, this is where I think that there's a big... Um, area for improvement in education. It's not about necessarily criticising the child, it's about criticising the method. Mm. Do you know? So rather than saying, oh, what, what is it that you were trying to achieve? Let's have a look. Is there different ways that we could go about this? Okay. This is really good. I really do you know that, that the effort that you put into this is fantastic, we can see, but do you know, could we get better? Mm. You know, what, could, could we change something? Do you know, what could you improve on? And, and doing that kind of self-audit in anything that we do is fantastic. You go out and you, you I don't know, let's, uh, let's say you work with one of your clients and you've done a really good job with them, could you do it a bit better? Of course you can, you always. can always do better. So, so I question myself every time, what exactly. next time I can do different? So imagine if you sat down after every session, coaching session that you had, and spent just 10, 15 minutes mm -hmm. doing a bit of self-analysing, saying, do you know what went well? What could I do better? Mm -hmm. What talent did I, what, what's my natural talent that I didn't apply? That I could have maybe That's actually put, put a bit more in there. Yeah. And, and I often say to people, listen, if you can just try to improve the thing that you do just by 1%, mm. if you do that 100 days in a row, you've improved by 100%. I see what you mean. And that, you know what, it really speaks to me, really mm. speaks to me. But you see, what I wonder, because you just said some really wise words there, and there was so much wisdom, and I almost think, have you ever been like that? But surely not. Sure. Do, do, do you know what? I think I think that at my core, yes. Have I got better? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. And my question to is to you is because many people they find out by themselves they live their life, uh, normal life, or as society tells normal life, and then something happens. It changes. Yeah. 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 So because I'm sure as you were talking right now, really wise words, but I'm sure it was that wise man who had the experience and had something happen to his life. So what was your Life turning, life changing event, okay. which made you the way you are. Because sure, sure. what you said is phenomenal, it's really, really good. But where you've been always like that? I, I think that we have to go back probably further than that. So I, I, I dropped out of school at 14. And People who dropped out of school, not like they should. Yeah, no. Look, success story. <laughs> and, and, and I think that school's got a lot of validity. I think there's a lot of stuff that school teaches you. Like communication is fantastic, you can learn a lot about communication in school. Um, but I dropped out of school because I got a summer job and I worked hard. I've come from a family that's a working family and you know they've always worked and, and actually I've always remembered the, the, the kind of patterns, the stories, yes. is that you know if you want something you've got to work for it, you know, you've got to work hard, yeah. you've got to be a nice person, you've got to be honest and trustworthy and actually they're great traits but they don't necessarily yeah. mean that you're going to be successful either. Because if, if success was based on hard work, honest and trustworthy, every janitor, every floor cleaner would be a millionaire. Because they work hard, you know, they work incredibly hard. hard. They're honest, they're and, honest. And, and I think that we've got, if we go deeper, and like, so like the first job that I ever had, when I was well, 14, they asked me to come on full time, and I think I stayed there 
I lasted there, well, that's probably the better word, for about 14 months. And then they sacked me. Mm -hmm. I got fired because I was too challenging. So even <laughs> at an early age, I'm looking, I'm saying, why are we doing this? And they say, well, because that's what we told you to do. I'm like, yeah, but why? No, can we get it better? Can we improve it? Can we streamline it? Can the we make coach it? was there. The coach, the coach was probably was there, there all along, yeah. And I wasn't even aware I was, that's what I was doing. But, and, and that followed in everything that I did. And actually for the next, I don't know, maybe three to five years, I got really good at getting sacked from jobs because I just challenged everything. Why are we doing it this way? Can we do it better? I've got a better way. And I think maybe at heart, I'm probably a little bit lazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, I remember, I'm sure it was Bill Gates who said, if you want the job doing the quickest, give it to the lazy person because they'll find the easy way to do it. <laughs> and, I and, and, and I think actually maybe I was a little bit lazy at heart. And, and so I was looking for the easy way of doing it rather than doing it the way that they wanted. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Um, and I, I, just, just by default, and well not default I suppose, but by complete accident, I ended up at a door-to-door -door sales business at 20 years old. Um, and, and, and you took exactly, exactly. I mean, like, if you're serious about business, and this is this is true, anyone I feel who's serious about wanting to get into business, go and spend two years knocking on doors because it'll give you the work ethic, it'll give you the attitude, it'll give you the thick skin, it'll give you all the tools and the attitude, especially to be a success. And I think that that is the you talk about turning points, that was the turning point for me. So we went in there completely, you know, open minded, and we like within a year, I was making football salaries from knocking on doors, selling, selling energy. Um, but it was very driven around personal development. And, and so that's when I really kind of got into personal development at, at quite an early age, 20 years old. Um, and I remember the first book that I read was actually Stephen Covey. So oh. not non-related, well, not that I'm aware of. We've got the same hairstyle. So maybe, 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 no, no, yeah. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective yes. People. And, and that book was remarkable. But too much for a 20 year old, oh, for, yeah. for, well for me, from a, you know, I'm from a blue collar family, you know, like salt of the earth kind of people, um, and it was too much for me, I didn't understand a lot of the stuff, I mean the, the, it talks a lot about paradigms, mm -hmm. and I didn't even know the word, I, I couldn't even pronounce it, you know, I, <laughs> I always said, oh you need to, like people's talking to me, like I'm training people in sales, and I'm saying, do you know what, it's not the people, it's not the doors, it's your paradigms. <laughs> I didn't even know what they were, and they say, what's a paradigm, John? Well you know, it's your mindset, it's your belief systems. And I'm telling people, like, listen, it's not the doors that's a problem, it's your paradigms. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only, you didn't have Google, though. You couldn't Google it and say, no, how do I say this word? Yeah. And I suppose, like most people, we feel a little embarrassed to ask. So it's not like I'm going to say, excuse me, how, how do I pronounce this? You know, if this, is it, is it paradigms? <laughs> um, and so the, the book taught me a lot. Yeah. And, and, and that really kind of started my thirst for self-development. And then I never stopped to do it. I just became a sponge. I just want to suck in and absorb as much as, as, much as possible from there onwards. Ah, I can see, I can see that. So basically what you were doing is that uh, you started the journey, but you were just all the time getting more and more. More, yeah, yeah. Mm. Constantly, books, audio, programs, courses, workshops, seminars, whatever it were, whatever I could find uh, to, to, to help get me a little bit better, I just kind of threw myself into it. I love that. Yeah. So apart from that book, what else was keeping you going? Because it's great to have the knowledge, it's great to have team whom you can teach that, so you kind of give back and you feel all great about it. But what else kept you going? Because what you could have done easily back then is like, all right, now I learned everything. Like some people say, I know everything. Now I learned everything. Now I have a team who sure. will work with me. Now I have money coming in. Why didn't you stop? Sure. Um, you could have. It's a good, good question, really good question. I mean, like we're making really good money. Um, what kept me going? I think that because more. 
I, I wanted more. Mm. And that's probably stemmed to the fact that I spent a large portion of my childhood really absorbed, like really kind of, like really into films. So you see, what do you see in films? You see these successful lifestyles, big, like big houses, flash cars and stuff. So for me, I suppose that was what success was all about. So it's like, mm. right, okay. Um, I've got a £60,000, I had a BMW M3, I got a £60,000 car, I've got the nice suits, I've got the nice pens and the bling and stuff like that as well, but I didn't have a Ferrari and a Malibu Bicho, mm. you know, so it's like, right, I got a yacht, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep on going, and, yeah. and I think that a lot of people chase other people's dreams, yeah. not ones that's necessarily true to themselves, and I think that I spent probably a long time, I mean, maybe 10 years, maybe even longer than that actually, just chasing that kind of lifestyle, and and I've not got a yacht, I've not got mm. a, a Malibu beach home, but uh, as a result of the journey, I've, I've been very fortunate in the sense that I've built businesses, some's failed, some's worked really well, yeah. um, and I think that that's ta that time served is is where the real value comes, because of the fact that I've, I've run, more, and I couldn't even tell you, probably 10 different businesses that failed. Um, oh. Exit one, sold one, merge a business, but for the most part, a lot of the businesses are reason failed and I was constantly blaming the business and saying that, oh, well, the market's not ready or this is not right or it's this and this and this. And, and at its real core, if I'd have gone back to when I did the door-to-door sale business, what worked really, really well, the thing that worked really, really well was not the product, was not the team, was not the actual offering or the office, it was me. Love that. And, and I realised, wow. actually, for things to change, I needed to change because I'd got into this mindset where... Well, it's not my fault, you know, it's their fault, or it's his fault, or it's that. And so it was almost like a hard reset to yeah. go back. But it's so hard to do it on yourself. Because when you work with your clients, I'm sure you can do it with your clients straight away. Your business doesn't mm -hmm. go because you don't grow, you have these issues in business because of you and all the rest. Yes. But doing it to yourself, well, that is so true. difficult. Very true. I, I mean, I often say that to, to, to the clients that I'm working with. You know, it, it's, the things that we do is actually quite simple, mm -hmm. but we make it hard. And, and, and the thing is, is the reason why we do it is because a lot of the time it's easy to do it. And because it's easy to do it, it's also easy not to do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's the real problem there for people is that we know what we should do, but we just don't know what we don't do what we should, what we know. And, and it, it gets really, you know, it just gets challenging. And, and I think that, like, we know as human beings, when you're doing something, you know whether it's right or wrong. Yes. Deep inside you do. Deep inside. Yes. You know, so a lot of the time we sat there in our businesses doing things that actually if we stopped for a moment and just self-analyzed, we knew we'd be saying, oh, this is not right. I should be doing something else. I should be making more phone calls right. or I should be networking or I should be doing that quote or invoicing. I shouldn't be sat here on Facebook scrolling through everyone else's perfect life thinking, oh, they've got another new car. Oh, look at them with a the new office. Oh, they've just recruited. So easy to, to judge, and I yes. think that, and I don't know who said this, but you know, comparison is the thief of all joy. I love that, and and, and and that's what we do in society is become very, very obsessed with everybody else rather than them. But then people need to compare. We are grown with the mentality of being compared all the time. But what would you suggest to compare yourself to? Because my strong belief is we need to compare ourselves to ourselves a week ago, a day ago, a mm. month ago, a year ago, because then. Um, at least, most likely, you will never lose if you go the right direction. If you work on yourself, you either will notice that you either stop growing if you didn't work on yourself or you actually made a progress. Mm -hmm. And then if you do work on yourself, you actually win every time. Mm -hmm. And that builds your confidence. 
because if you compare yourself to other people, what happens then you always lose. Yeah. There's always stronger, there's always somebody who is better looking, there's mm -hmm. always somebody who is better um, in business and sure. in relationships sure. and more successful, whatever else. There's yeah. always somebody better than you are. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your rule when it comes to comparison? Because you, you cannot not compare. It's very hard. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very conditioned, isn't it? Into yeah. us. And I think that the, the, there's no perfect answer to this because even if you had the, the, the right formula, the very nature of being a human will pull you to look at somebody else. Mm -hmm. so they're, like you said, they're, they're doing it quicker, they're achieving it better, yeah. they look better, they're dressed smarter, they've got more. It, it's just natural that, that, that we go down that route. I think that the best advice I could probably say is get up, find a mirror, a mirror go and look in that mirror. And that's your biggest obstacle. So look at that person and say, if I'm going to be in compa comparison to anybody, it's him or mm. her. And how can I be better than that person? That's the only person I'm going to compete with is that. And, and, and can I beat that person every single day? Can I be better? Because ultimately, we can achieve so much. So like, of course. Like, can, can you, as a, as, a, as a therapist, as a coach, as a life coach, whatever it is, like, is it possible for you to earn $100 or £100 an hour? Of course it is. Of course. Is it possible for you to earn a thousand pounds an hour? Of course it is, with the right client. Ten thousand pounds an hour? With the right client. A million pounds an hour? With the right client. With the right client. And, and it's all about it's, not yes. is the, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and in essence, it's probably easier. Do you know I mean like, well I'll ask you a question, do you know, does it take any more effort to win a million pound contract as it does to win a thousand pound contract? No, it takes less effort. Yeah. So yeah. the, the because they have to prove more when it is for less money sure. because then people they need to be proven more but if you just go to the right target if you just go to the right niche with the, you work with the right people they buy you yes. and it's easier for them yes. to spend the money because they've got it yes. when people don't have it this one you actually have to prove yourself again exactly. and again and exactly. again yeah, but, but, so what we do is we get really drawn to that smaller stuff because that's what we use to taste it that's very true and, and we were just talking about this a little bit earlier oh, yeah. about tasting different things and, yes. and the reason why most people don't earn that million pound or that thousand pound or that ten thousand pound or even a hundred is they've never tasted yeah. it. They've never tasted yeah. it. So the self their their, their self image is saying, Well, are you really worthy? You've yes. never had it before, what makes you think you can have it now? Yes. And we and we just trip ourselves up every step of the way. Absolutely. And and, and that, I'm no different. You're you're probably no different. Now, that's why we we fall into different categories, you know, like and we'll hopefully we'll keep on levelling up. And if we don't, if we get stuck, then we seek help from other people mm -hmm. and they help us to remove them, the boundaries and, and help us to move forward again. But the thing is, when you help other people to remove their boundaries, their self-limiting beliefs or self-talks, you actually help yourself. Because yes. every time you tell something to your client, you almost sit there thinking, oh, that was meant to me. Yeah. That's what actually, I yeah. do. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a, a thing that actually kind of gets passed around a lot in the coaching world is that... Yes. Like you, you actually learn as much from your clients as you do, like as they do. Yeah. You know, because like you just said, then there's certain moments that you'll think, oh yeah, yeah, so mm -hmm. obvious. No, well, I'm not doing that myself, or yeah. I'm telling people this, and or oh, why have I not done it myself? That. Yeah. What was the interesting case? Uh, for example, to give an example, in my life, it was a client who actually came to my office to hear. She was sitting in your in your chair, and uh, she told me, this actually when I also or what should I say, kicked me to end up my previous relationships because she told me literally, detail after detail, almost like describe my daily life in my relationships, no. but 17 year long ones. Uh -huh. And she sat there and I saw horror in her eyes and she's asking me, how can I make it work? Uh -huh. And in my head, I was thinking, older, 
get out! <laughs> it was just get out! Yeah. Somebody sitting in front of you telling you that lost for 17 years. How many more years do you need? Sure, sure. That was just life-changing thing for me. Mm -hmm. But the thing we are so blessed and so lucky working with other people, so we not only teach them, we teach ourselves. And we see these amazing examples of how it can be so actually we can improve our lives. So what was your aha moment from your client or your big thing which you understood or it was revealed to you through your client? What mm. was it? Interesting. I think that, that, it's a really good question by the way, that I think that we do learn so much from others. I mean, I, I, I've worked with a company, so for example, this particular company, when I first started working with them, they'd got around 17 staff. And through the duration, and this is not obviously all reflected upon myself, I was just doing some training with them. Um, but over a period of probably 18 months, two years, they grew to almost 100 staff. Oh, wow, yeah. And so we talk about what, what did I take from that is that, like, they had got such a slick system for how they brought business in, for how they converted the business, for how they then got more business. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a very slick system. Now for me, I, I'm very much into systems. You know, like, I, I think systems are so powerful. I call it my, my tech stack. Mm -hmm. You know, like what technical, well, what tech knowledge-based information or system do I use to allow certain things to happen? Yeah. And I think that because I've been focused a lot on the technology side of stuff, I've not actually focused so much on the actual system side of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and what this particular company had was a very slick system that just made it operate so so smooth, like which allowed mass growth, lots of revenue, very profitable to, to grow in such a short period of time. Wow. And I think that for me that that really gave me a bit of a wow actually, you know, like although I'm pretty good at some of this stuff, this is an area that I've kind of massively overseen and, and yeah. overlooked rather. Mm, yeah. I like that. And this just shows that Every coach, they are there to improve other people's lives. Mm. But we personally have so much room to grow. Yeah. And I, I don't like when people say, yeah, but your life coach, your life must be perfect. Mm. It's almost like you're a brain surgeon, you must not have brain tumor. Of course yeah. you can have yeah. brain tumor, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but it just shows how we are still human beings. Yes. And I like what you mentioned there, there was a huge room for improvement for you, despite you were already so good, but there was a huge room for improvement for yourself because you just went in there and that was a lesson for you. Of course. Whilst you were there to teach them. Yes. How yes. phenomenal is yes. that? It's, it's, but that's not uncommon, I think, that, that, as we were just saying, then we find that all the time, is that when we're working with people, we'll find a part of... Yeah. A, a good example of this is a book. So this is like, we've probably got a favourite book that we've read several times. So for me, <laughs> I think that probably one of the books that I've read more than any other book is Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Great book, fantastic book. And I've been reading that book for probably 15, 20 years now. Um, and every time I read it, I find something new in it. Oh, yeah. you know? And it's not like it's just appeared there. Yeah. It's, it's a part of me that wasn't there before. So mm -hmm. I find a new part of me. And mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just incredible. And so every time I read it, and that's the same with any book. Uh, and I think that that's the same with all these different people and all the different businesses that we're working with. We find parts of us that wasn't there before that it allows it to develop and grow. That is fascinating. But why do you think it happens? Because you are the same person, maybe not at the same level as you were a month or two months ago, because you develop all the time, but you are the same person, the same human being, um, and you're reading the same book. Mm. Why? Do you think it happens that you notice different things? I think it's 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 the incredible 
powerful mind that we have. I'll give you an example. So let's just say that you're really into fitness. Right? So you're really into nutrition, into working out, um, and, 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 and the gym. That's something that you're really into. And you go into a, a bar or a coffee shop, and there's 50 people in there, and it sounds like bees buzzing because mm. everyone's talking. This is how sophisticated we are as a human being. You can pick someone out at the other side of the room talking about the gym. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear every word that they say. Bang, you're connected to it, aren't you? Yes. And, and, and I think that all of a sudden, because you're aware of it, you hear every word that they're saying. Yeah. Just like that, just like that. It's as if you're in conversation with them. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the same in life and everything that we do is that the minute we start becoming aware of something, we see it everywhere. The car's the example. Oh, you're going to go and buy a new car. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go and buy a Porsche. Or, yeah. I don't know, I'm going to buy a Maserati because they're a little bit more rare. Not everyone's got one. The minute you start thinking about Maserati, all of a sudden, everywhere you look, everyone's got a Maserati all of a sudden. And you think, I don't want Maserati. I don't want Maserati. 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 And, and, and yes. this, is, this is exactly what happens, I think, that with, with development, with personal development, with coaching, with all these things, once you become aware, you start to see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a flip side to this. That's true. So this flip side is like, let's put it to the test. Driving. You drive. I do. Okay. What kind of driver are you? Are you? Are you a, do, do you get road rage? I'm very careful driving. Yeah. Do you get road rage though? Yes and no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. For the listeners out here, you'll understand what I'm going to talk about here. If you get road rage. <laughs> If you get road rage, the minute you see that arse, <laughs> that idiot, that lunatic, guess what? They all come out to play. <laughs> Every other car's an idiot. Every other driver's a lunatic. Mm. Because you're looking for it. Mm. Whereas, you know, on any given day, you, you travel around and you probably got, in, in any given day, you probably drive past around 4,000 cars. Oh, yes, that's Every amazing. single day. But you let that one person who's a lunatic, who's an idiot, ruin that. Mm-hmm. And that changes your attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. And then they all want to come out and play with you at the same time. But you see, what's interesting there is you get that anger, you get that frustration. Only if you're really running late. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're running late, everything happens. You hit the traffic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're just driving and you're enjoying your drive and everything is okay, and you're not even late or you're not even rushing anyway, you just drive somewhere, mm. doesn't really matter if you get to traffic. Yeah. You just sit there and you think, oh, it's a traffic, that's all right, what I can do now, I can listen to my music, exactly. or I can listen to audio book. an audio book on, yeah. Precisely, or you can phone calls, affirmations, you're not supposed to use the phone, I was going to say make phone calls. Over the Bluetooth device, as long as you're not handling the phone. Yeah, but then some people are still cheeky. <laughs> well, they are, yes. I mean, this yeah. is a grey area, because I, I was listening to a report that um, was happening with the police, it was on Twitter, a conversation actually, not a report, sorry. They were, t- they were texting back and forth and they were saying about, well, do you know, I, I, I only use my phone for a sat-nav. Is that okay? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but I'm still using it. Yeah, but it's for a sat-nav, that's fine. And so the other person saying, well, what about police officers? They use uh, radios. Like, you've got to handle them, you've got to press the button every time. Well, yeah, but that's using a different frequency, so that's fine. <laughs> and, and there's a very grey area there. But that's an action. That's it's, an action. Yeah. You hold your phone in your hand. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, the best advice is just don't use your phone while you're driving, you know. It's not that important that it can't wait, you know. But, like, call. I've had some of the most um, interesting and probably financially rewarding phone calls while I've been driving. In the traffic. Yeah. Well, because yeah. there's no rush. Yes. Because you have That's the it. time. And, and, and listen, at the end of the day, technology now 
you, you've got you've got your voice assistants. Oh, yeah. You only have to share the name, and they'll call whoever you want them to call. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it just it just makes it easier. That's true. It's utilizing time. Oh, I like that utilizing the time. Mm. Do you type or do you speak your emails? Oh no, I type. Yeah. You yeah, type. I type. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I like to do, I like to speak my emails. Sure. Messages and then just go back home or to office, and I yeah. just actually just amend That's a good idea. I mean, the problem is, is that I've got a Yorkshire accent, so I don't always understand. I've got a Russian Yorkshire <laughs> accent. A Russian Yorkshire accent, that's incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry, not always Siri recognizes that. And sometimes I get some nonsense. What actually? Yeah. I was trying to say that. <laughs> it's quite funny actually. Um, and my parents stay over the other week while we went out, I've moved into Wales, and so we've got my parents to come and sit with the dog at a Labrador. And is a, he likes company. He doesn't sit with you, he sits on you. Uh, he's a lovely okay, guy. Interesting. So, so I put my parents around, and like my house is all connected up with voice assistance, so it's got Alexa right. throughout the entire house. So it controls the lights, the TV, uh, literally everything. And so <laughs> my mother was saying, I can't get here to work. I'm like, well, why? What do you mean? She says, it's not listening to me, it's not doing anything. It turns out she wasn't saying Alexa, she's calling it Alexia. Oh no! So it's a downfall to the technology. <laughs> but get the name right. Get the name right. Alexia's not working on my old age, your problem. <laughs> there we go. There we go. No, I like what you said, they utilize the time. And I think that's one of the things which is so important to everybody. So many people nowadays who waste so much time on social media, yeah. gossip, just watching some news. And I, I know it's important to watch news. I know it is. I know it is. But you will not believe you will come to my house. Because I don't even actually have a television in my living room. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, at all. Yeah. Because I don't watch news. I don't. I don't talk about news to people who don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people who want to tell you about news. So why would you watch them yourself? Uh, that's true. Very true. Because you, then you take the opportunity yeah. from people to share news with I, you. I completely. I think that this is something that I think that people need to embrace a lot more. With I mean, we've got a television in the room. It's on the wall, but. We, we don't watch television, mm. we watch films or we might watch a box set or some sort, yes, yeah, a yes. season or something. But I think the problem is, is that, like, let's assume that you're awake for 16 hours a day mm -hmm. and you consume for the most part of that, do you know, negativity. Through the yes. papers, through the radio, yeah. through the TV, and then you meditate for 10 minutes in the morning and think that's going to fix everything. <laughs> so, so you've got that's a very good point. <laughs> 15 hours and 50 minutes of negativity and you think 10 minutes of mindfulness and meditation is going to fix it. It's not. Yeah. So you've got to work really, really hard to combat this. And I think that the, okay. the, the thing that's really interesting is that, like, like, so I'm not a religious person. I'm not against it. I, I just choose not to be anything really in that yeah. sense. Um, but the thing that I find really interesting is that for the, for the first time in history, religious following is at an all-time low. Like Christianity mm -hmm. are losing millions and millions of people every single year that's no longer subscribing to that, that belief system. Yeah. And, and I think that religion is fantastic because it gives people something to work towards, it gives yes. them hope, it gives them a purpose. And, and all of a sudden, what they've got is, what have they replaced that hope and, and belief with? Negativity. And, and so yeah. all of a sudden, what we've got is a world that's absorbing social media, which for the most part is negative news or fake news. Yeah. We've got the actual media, which is, they don't even care if the information is right. <gasps> yes. They just want to be the first to report on it. Yes, exactly. You know, so they, yeah, exactly. Lying. They don't even know if it's right. Um, so the, the, the media as a whole is no longer there to actually inform you of any information whatsoever. It's there to just startle you. Because mm. if they can get your attention, because that's the world that we live in right now. Yes. If they can get your attention, they can make more ad spend. There you go. 
And yeah. so for them, it's about startling you to get their attention. And so we're surrounded with all this kind of negativity, right? and, 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 and any kind of positivity that we once used to have is, is dying and fading away at, at scale. So it's, it's an interesting place, and I think that, like, understanding how much of that is around there and, and then comparing that with how much good you're putting in, because it's all about going to the gym, eating right, that's one side, but if you're not feeding this with the right information as well, like, all that other stuff's going to really kind of impact you as well. That is so true. You see, what I can definitely recognise here is a person who was working on him so hard, on your self personal development, on your business development, on every area in your life, and now is using the time wisely, as you just said, but also is selecting the information what you allow um, to come into your mindset, as we were speaking before, mindset sure. is everything, uh, which is a very, very interesting topic. But I just wonder, is it the part of you being a coach, or is it just you? Because if it is a part of you being a coach, let's imagine you would be taking away this opportunity to be a coach, mm -hmm. And you would have to do something else. Right. And maybe shall we take the opportunity of being an actor as well? <laughs> okay, we take another both. Yeah. We take an opportunity for you to be a coach. We take an opportunity from you to be an actor. So you can't do what you do now. Who actually is so successful and so amazing person, having all these amazing qualities and what you surround yourself with. What would you do? Can you envision yourself being somebody else, I, I, doing I think, something else? I think it's a really good question, and, and it's a question that I do with some of my workshops that I run, is that it, it's an idea that originated, well, I don't know if it originated, but it came from a book, The E-Myth. Oh, yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, and I know Leo Tony, Tony talks about there's three different people that you are in your business. You know, are you the entrepreneur, mm -hmm. are you the artist, mm -hmm. or are you the manager? Yeah. And, and I think that one of the questions that I, because I, I think these are really important things to know about who you are. Yes. And I find that each one represents what you do in, in certain situations. So if, yeah. you was, if you was an entrepreneur, if all of a sudden you was forced to shut shop for whatever reasons and you had to start again tomorrow, well, if you were naturally an entrepreneur, you'd just start again. Yeah. Or so you'd be mowing your house or you'd get money from the bank. You'd find a way. You'd find a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Whereas if you're a manager, the likelihood is you probably go and find a job where you can manage people. If you're an artist, if you're a skilled performer, you try and find a job that allows you to use the art. Mm -hmm. Now that could be maybe maybe like like training people or leading people as well. And and I think that it's about understanding more about yourself. Now for me, you know, this is all I know. Like like working for myself is all I've done for two decades. Yeah. You know, so for me, like that's all I want to do. Like I I am not employable. So I like clearly, that. Clearly, you know, like for, for, for the probably first five years, I, I, like as we said about the start, I just used to get, I got really good at getting sacked. So I'm just not an employable kind of kind of guy. Um, so if I had to start again, I'd, I'd probably start doing the exact same thing again. Like it'd be something business oriented because I just love business. Like that, that's like my thing is to build businesses. Even if they fail, I learn from them. And, and, and as it sits right now, I've, I've got five companies. And I don't run all five of them, but I just, I just love, I've got a passion for business, yeah. I love it. I love what you say that. So, if you're really thinking about quitting, don't quit because just start again. Yeah. Change, find a way, find solutions. Learn, learn, yeah. learn, from, yeah. learn from the things that you do. I, mean, I love that. Like, like, it's, it's, like you learn very little from success. Like, mm -hmm. If you started your business today and all of a sudden went massively successful with it, there's very little that you're going to learn from that. 
Whereas if you've had to fight and you've had to raise money and your back got pushed against the wall a little bit and you've had staff issues and there's so many things that you learn along that journey, the important thing is to then not let it happen again. That's very true. That's very yeah. true. I love that. So basically, you would never do anything else apart of being an entrepreneur and starting all over again and again and again, but you would not go to work for someone Never, no, 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 no. And I couldn't see you working for someone No, I, I, I am not, no, no, I'm not employable. No, I think even, Sorry, even, everybody yeah, else, you can't employ this guy. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not available, no. But I mean, even if you were talking ridiculous amounts of money, I mean, let's face it, like, money is a real important part of life. Yes. And I think people struggle to talk about money a lot. But, but, but money buys you a lot of stuff. It buys you a lot of freedom. It, makes yes. you, it helps you have a lot of choices. And I think that once you get to a certain point in your life, when you can start making decisions that's not based purely just on money, your decisions are better. Ah, that's true. That's so true, when, yes. When, yeah. Most, most people, unfortunately, though, though, every decision that they make is usually based around money. Mm. Um, because it's like, have I got enough? Can't afford it. You know, I yeah. want to do it, but it, whatever it is, is it going to benefit me financially? Yeah. And when you start thinking about things like that, you make bad decisions. So I think on these to make better decisions, we actually need to end up and say this message to the whole entire audience. If you want to have a better life, you need to make better decisions. You need to make better decisions, yeah, absolutely. Better. Yeah. Oh, that'll be the strike line. <laughs> <laughs> make better well, decisions, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Well, thank you so much for sharing your life turning point. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing what exactly kept you going. And in your case, it was some flashy stuff, but then you understood you want something more, which sure. is amazing. But also what I found really fascinating that you actually so much into what you do that you would never imagine doing something else. No. I love that. Love that. Thank love you so much. It's a pleasure welcome. to have you. Absolutely wonderful. It's been a pleasure.